Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest, Habiba Jessica Zaman, who has for over 15 years, she has experience in the counseling field, including advocacy, guidance, and education. She believes as a person becomes more aware of their fears, perception, desires, and strengths, they can make their life more successful. She is the author of 13 publications and seven books. Wow, I can't believe it. She's too young for that, <laughs> including a new release, Beautifully Bare, Undeniably You. She's been featured in Forbes and a, and a bunch of other major publications. Welcome, Ms. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for that introduction. You're welcome. So tell me about your new book, Beautifully Bare, and, and, and what the main theme of the book is. Absolutely. This book is devoted to people who are trying to understand who they are, why they are the way they are, why they think the way they do, why they respond how they do, why they choose the relationships they do, everything that makes you you. And it helps to unearth everything that makes the foundation of who we are as human beings. And we go step by step through each stage of change until you'll get a full understanding of where you came from and who you're working to become. Wow, that sounds fascinating. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that and sure. go into that a little bit more. Tell me about the stages and tell me about the foundation that you're trying to uncover. Sure. The stages are the same stages that I follow when I'm doing counseling with someone. Normally, I have someone come in and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my life. I've done everything I was supposed to do. And for some reason, I still feel unfulfilled. And so we go through trying to understand why they are feeling the way they are, understanding the values that make them have their own particular brand of how they see the world and how they see themselves working within that world. And then we start to slowly identify where these understandings of how they interact with everyone else came from. And once we have that understanding, if it's a healthy one, great. <laughs> Most of the time it's not. And there's been a couple of bumps along the way. And so we start identifying what those bumps are and how they've impacted who we are as, as individuals within the society as a whole. And then there's specific techniques with each one of these stages that help you go through it, answer these questions for yourselves, and then figure out what you wanna do next. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So why did you decide to write this book? I decided to write this book because I was coerced into it by my <laughs> co-author and dearest friend, um, Shalon Irving. She, she watched my transformation and growth as a therapist, as an individual therapist, a group therapist, and an advocate for people 
um, in society. And she always showed up to my groups and everything. And one day she took me aside and she was like, you have to do this for everyone. So I do work in an individual level. She did work in a macro level, you know, the society as a whole. And she was like, we have to do this. What you, I've seen more change in the way I see the world and how other people see in the world in the two years that I've known you at this time. Um, this was a couple of years ago. And she was like, and we have to give that to the people. And I looked at her and I left and like, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a writer. I don't write. And you know, she just kept at it. She kept at it. She kept at it. She really believed in me and she really believed in what I had to say. So we made it happen. Oh, that's cool. That that sounds like it was a, a labor of love. You Most know, they, definitely. They say it's not hard to write. All you have to do is slit your wrists and bleed. <laughs> <laughs> was well, that your, was that your experience? Yes, it was. We have, um, you know, with each therapeutic theory, we have the technique. So we have theory, we have technique, and then we also have personal vignettes in this book. Ugh, it's, it's so vulnerable. It's so exposed. But again, how can I expect my readers to be able to expose themselves in this way that I'm asking them to if I'm not going to do it, right? And right. so it was, it was like bleeding on this, on the paper, on the computer. I mean, I handwrite uh, everything first. So I, I make my work 10 times harder because I do it that way. But it was, it felt like I was bleeding. I was leaving my soul out there for everyone to see. It, it's painful. <laughs> you know, that it's all it out painful. there. It's all out there. So this is really a personal diary of yourself. Absolutely. A personal growth diary where you're telling people how you grew so maybe they can grow too. Absolutely. Cool. So what are some of the biggest obstacles in getting in the way of growth change accepting change accepting the need for change I think is the greatest obstacle we've been functioning so far is usually what I hear and that's probably what I've said to myself too like it's it's been working I'm fine I'm okay I'm fine and at some point fine is no longer sufficient and so accepting that part is the hardest thing I would believe yeah, and I think the last two years have been drastic change for everybody, where we mm-hmm. uh, de-evolved from being social animals to being more of the, the kept in the box animals. So Absolutely. we've really been we've really gone from the way we used to function to a whole new way of functioning, mm-hmm. uh, a brave new world, so to speak. Absolutely. I mean, the way I I. I interacted with work and values and what was the priority two years ago is not necessarily how I function today. So I think it, it put everyone, you know, in a position to either embrace the change or really get beat up by it. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I guess we could say change is really a four letter word for a lot of people. <laughs> it's, it's a very difficult thing for people to do. Yes. Yeah. So so in your therapeutic style, how do you get people to embrace change? With acceptance. That's the hardest thing, I believe. Um, If you don't accept who you are and where you came from, there's no way you're going to be able to accept who you want to become. And so I was telling one of my clients this morning, um, and I work with the whole spectrum of anything that people bring to me. And for this one, it was specifically anxiety. 
And I was telling her, I was like, my children, you know, they completely accept mommy for the crazy mommy that mommy is. You know, my youngest son told me <laughs> yesterday morning, um, we have this inside joke about being on my last brain cell, especially towards the end of the day. And so we had just woken up and we were both coming down the stairs and he just stops right before we even get to the bottom floor. And he looks at me, he's like, how are you already on your last brain cell? You just woke up. <laughs> and there, and it, it, there was no judgment there. There was no blame there. It was just this, you know, like, wow, mom, you're already there today. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I really, I think I was probably singing something insane. I don't know who knows anymore. You know, we just, we just kind of roll with it and flow with whatever's going on. And I used to not be as go with the flow. So accepting the fact that, yeah, I am a little cookie at sometimes, right. Or I am anxious, or maybe I am a bit rigid or I am aggressive. I'm definitely aggressive. <laughs> so just accepting that that is who I am. Once I accept these things, then we can move towards all the other things, right? And we can work towards what behaviors need to change or what mindset needs to change or what planning of the future and what that's supposed to look like may change. But without accepting where you are right now, there's no way to make that happen. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's kids that help us to see ourselves that much better. I mean, they, they really see fears and they really perceive things in people that, that you wouldn't perceive yourself. Right. I mean, we've gotten used to kind of blocking that side, right? As yeah. we grow older, we fake it till we make it kind of thing, or you just brush aside the anxiety, brush away the fear. We don't sit there to look at it anymore. And children, they definitely hold up a mirror. They definitely do. And, uh, but they also know how to push your, your buttons until you do go crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. I had one of those moments with my eldest son this morning too. <laughs> so, so, so how do you cope? I mean, here you are a therapist, here you are a mother, here you are a wife, all these things are going on all at the same time. How do you cope with it all? Honestly, it has to be segmented. My life is very segmented. And what I mean by that is when I wake up, it's just me and my boys. And so it's mommy time, right? I am full mommy until both of them are off to school. And then I go into me as a therapist role and then me as a mentor role. So if I'm at the office, I have six other therapists there as well. And so I'm their mentor and I help guide and I listen to everything they have to say. And then I do my therapy. And then when I come home, we have my time that 25 minutes in the car is my time. I don't talk to people on the phone. I don't do work. I don't do any of that. It's mine. I blast music. I just kind of, you know, I'm sure it's a blast for anybody else's who's watching inside my car. I'm like, what in the world is with this woman? But that's where I release everything. I sing at the top of my lungs, right? And I'm probably like doing this and dancing all, all the way through home just to release that pent up energy of all the things that it takes for us to be professionals whether it's a professional therapist or as a business owner, which is my practice North star or the, the director and mentor of the people that are looking up to me to say, what do I do with this stuff? This is a new client. I don't know how to handle this. So all of that responsibility weighs heavy and I have to release all of that before I make it home. So I only have 20 to 25 minutes. So we make that happen. And then as soon as I get home, it's mommy time again, then it's homework. Then it says after eight o'clock, it's the wifey time. <laughs> 
that's when it's just me and him. And we just, we, that's our time together. We sit there, we watch TV, we can invent, we release everything, all responsibilities. And then it starts again the next day. But if I didn't have those pockets of time to say, okay, this is what's expected of me right now. I don't think I'd be able to manage it. Yeah. So, so you get by from, uh, periods of time during your day to the next periods of time in your day. You get Absolutely. by 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 really segmenting that day into useful little pieces. So it's not too hard to swallow the whole thing. Right. And in the meantime, I do try to incorporate one thing that brings me pure joy. Anything that brings that burst of positive energy so that I'm feeding this is going to sound cheesy, but I'm feeding my soul periodically during the day, you know, because anyone who has children knows that's very challenging, especially when it's 31 degrees outside and the child does not want to put on a jacket. Yes. It's common sense, but it doesn't need to be a battle, but sometimes it becomes a battle. (laughs) And so in order, if we carried that energy for the rest of the day, and then I do trauma as my specialty. So that's my work. When I go to work, I, I wouldn't have anything left to give to myself or anybody else when I get back home. Yes. And, and trauma is a pretty difficult thing to do it. And, and post-traumatic stress disease is, is one of the most difficult to deal with because people haven't been able to deal with it themselves. So they project it on you. Right. Right. So do you love your work still? Oh, I do so much. I do. I really do. Um, I've had seven sessions today and somehow I'm still bubbly. (laughs) No one can tell that you've had seven sessions today just to look at you. Oh, thank you. You Um, look as fresh as you would have just gotten up and just starting the day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I do. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do what I, what I love. Um, And there's a, a huge variation in the types of clients that I see during the day. I had anxiety today. I had depression today. I had life changes today. I had grief today. And then I also had a couple of human trafficking cases today. So those were the hard, harder ones. Um, but I, I just, I love being able to be that container for whoever's talking to me, that they can unburden themselves and let me hold some of that for them, that they trust me enough to put that, that responsibility into my hands, because it's very difficult to allow yourself to be seen in that way. You know, (laughs) that's what I said about my writing. It's so vulnerable and it's so icky to vulnerable. And the fact that people trust me and allow me to be witness to that is amazing to me. So I, I, I love what I do. Cool. Well, let's go into your book a little bit more and maybe you can share one of those precious vignettes with us. So oh, that's that, horrible. So that, so that <laughs> so something that is on the lighter side so that you could possibly give people an idea how they grow, how, how growth can occur. So sure. maybe that would be a good idea. All right, let me grab a book. Cool. This is a copy of my book. Let's see, maybe one of the last ones. That's probably not so heavy. That's very difficult to find. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't want you to have to bare your soul and and be 
naked here and <laughs> yourself in that way. Oh, I don't mind. I've already been there. <laughs> so I don't mind at all. But maybe if I can find something that is shorter, because some of these are quite long. Just because we're talking about something that is, you know, a, a significant stage in our life. For sure. One of the activities I have my clients do, and they hate me for it, and I don't blame them, um, is where I ask them to tell me who they are. And I tell them, if I have this notebook, because I usually, I handwrite everything. So I have my notebook with me. If I have this notebook and I have no one's names in here, and each one was a different client writing this, how would I know it's yours without any defining character, characteristics, excuse me. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And then I tell them, well, if I were to tell you, I am a young woman, I am of Bangladeshi heritage, I am a therapist, it's easy. And they're like, sure. I'm like, yeah, but how many other Bengali women that you're going to find that's also a therapist or a mother or all of these things, all of these roles that we define our identities by. And so I tell them that they have to strip all of that and then tell me who they are in a way where you can't use your name, your age, or any of those demographic statements. That, so it's not very fun in the very that, beginning. That's a very tough one because those are the things we use to define ourselves. I know. And everybody that reads this book, I make them strip themselves bare of it. So it's, okay. it's challenging. So there is one somewhere in the beginning when I first, um, when I first created this like little activity and it was because my, my son was three at the time and I had both of my phones with me and I was, I was doing work from one phone to the other. And we had just picked him up from daycare and he was like, mommy, look at the sky, look at the sky. And I looked up and I said, Oh, it's pretty. And I went back. And then he said under his breath, because even at three, he was like this. He was like, you used to love the sky. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> and like you had mentioned before, the children, they see through these things, right? And then they put it in your face. And so that night after everything was done and I put them to bed, I sat down at the table I'm looking at right now. And I was like, I don't know who I am anymore. And so I just sat there for a long time and tried to come up with what I was. And oh, I struggled. I was like, you wait till I go to work tomorrow. You see what I'm going to do to these clients of mine. <laughs> yes. So, so that was a great learning experience to really realize that you have to be more in the moment, that you have to be more in the time frame that you're in, that you, you can't really just sweep it all under the carpet and be this right. work machine, this workaholic that, that all of us get into those modes. Right. And so that's where this came from. And this little vignette is at the very end of the book or close to it, it's the last chapter anyways. Um, and it's called, I am. So it says, I am intuitive. I am watchful. I can feel emotions of those around me and feel it into the depths of my bones. I'm the giggles of my children, the warmth of their arms. I'm the fiery breath of a dragon, intimidating and fierce. I'm the teardrops of my friends. My soul is fire and wine. I am never cold-blooded. I'm incapable of doing anything without feeling, never indifferent. 
I speak from deep within my strata and boil over as fast as a pan of water on the stove. That's very true. <laughs> I am the priestess of the moon, powerful and alluring to those who are broken. I am the gaze, the powerful, piercing, paralyzing gaze of a cougar. I'm the excitement before the summer storm. I'm the challenging rise of the eyebrow. I'm the breath and heartbeat of my sun and moon. I'm the spirit and knowledge, a constant pursuit of growth and acceptance. I'm the love, silent, searching and finding and forever unbroken. I'm the scars of the past, wounded, healed, re-injured and sewn back. I'm the sway of the hips, the shimmy of the shoulders, moving to the shimmering ribbons of music, of art. I am Zahir. And Zahir in Arabic means possessing the power to be unforgettable. Well, that, that Which is, is also my son's name. So there you go. And, and I've always known with Arabic names, there's always a deep meaning in each one of them. So that's, that's very important. Well, that's cool. And, you know, I think what you've done there is captured yourself. How hard did, was it to write that passage? Oh, do you see my face? I am burning up. It was, it was so difficult. It was so difficult to present to myself, first of all, what I believed myself to be that wasn't just a mom and that wasn't just a therapist, that wasn't just a wife, not just a friend, not just a sister. Yeah, yeah. You, you captured all the emotions that you are, all the vibrancy that you are. And that's that's really important to be vibrant and to be alive. And I think much of that gets swept under the carpet. I think we get caught up in the things we do rather than the things we are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are already getting close to the end here. And this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. So I'm going to ask you, Habiba, how do you live a fantastic life? My fantastic life is comprised of all the things that bring me joy. It's as little as watching the sunrise in the morning or as big as dancing the waltz with my sons. And I make sure to understand what those things are to me, what they look like. And I have a list of all of them just so I can remember them when things are not going so great. And I make sure that I incorporate them many times during the day. That, that's immense. And so that's huge. Now, do you carry that over to your clients as well so that they, they know what a fantastic life is? Do you get so, them to, to state what is a fantastic life for them? That is always the first homework that every new client gets. Give me a list of 10 things that bring you joy that has nothing to do with money and has nothing to do with people. And then we work on that for as long as they're with me. Yes. And, and I suspect you have to bring that up regularly because people <laughs> forget that. Yeah. People forget those things and always right. want to get to the money or the relationship parts or all the other parts that they think are wrong. Right. Right. And everything else is just a symptom. In my opinion, everything else that's going on in life is just a symptom. Yeah. So, so what you've done is you've uncovered themselves. You've given them reasons to be happy. You've given reasons to live. And you've given reasons not only to live, but to be alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's huge. Especially with some of those sad cases that you told me about, like the trafficking and things like that. Right. It is. It's very difficult to find meaning when you're 
in those moments of trauma, even when it's been years prior, but you just haven't had the ability to cope with it yet and process it yet. So it's very difficult to come out of that. Yeah, very much as well. You know, we're close to the end here. So I want to give you an opportunity to give people how they can get in touch with you or how they can get a, in a copy of your book or both. Sure. All of my books and programs, and I have a monthly blog. It's all posted on my website. It's my first name and last name, habibazaman.com. And that's where you find the social media handles. That's where you find my private practice, North Star of Georgia. That's where you find my email. You find everything on that website. Well, thank you, Habiba. You've been wonderful. Thank you for sharing your soul with us today. Thank you for sharing the essence of what it is to be Habiba Zaman and how you help people in your own way. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, hope to talk to you soon. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.